I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. And if you're in no contact, focused on personal growth, my creative healing course is filled with hours of exclusive content. Available now at AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And I'm Coach Victoria. And today we're gonna to be talking about how to love someone with anxiety. So basically, how to love anybody. <laughs> most people have some, you think? Yeah, really, uh, the longer I do this, the, real, uh, the more I realize how much we're impacted by our anxiety. Yes. And those early attachment issues really have a big impact yeah, on us. They do. And, you know, Margaret, the longer I've done this, the more I feel like there aren't as many secure people out there as you would hope. As we would hope. According to what most people seem to think, about a third of the population is secure. And it's hard for us to know because, of course, we, we get the breakups that yeah. often involves the people who are not secure. But I think we've exaggerated the number of secure people just a bit. I think so too. And I think if you watch TV for an hour, it'll tell you that. Yeah. Chances are you're gonna face insecurities in your partner at some time or another. There's gonna be times where they're difficult, they're challenging, they're frustrated, they haven't got their needs met, and it's not easy to navigate. No. So Coach Victoria has a presentation on this today. We're gonna to talk about it. Right. So if you're dating somebody with anxiety, that's something that you can pick up on quite easily in a relationship, and that can get transferred to you quite easily. And you might be wondering, how do I deal with this? How can I help my partner and support them? Yeah. Um, so I want to start out by saying that this is just an overall general presentation. Uh, we're going to be talking about anxious attachment style, but also anxiety disorders as well. Mm -hmm. uh, this is just generally for any partner who has any sort of anxiety. And keep in mind that many avoidant people are filled with anxiety. Yes, they are. Yes. It's just that they are predominantly more avoidant towards closeness, but the anxiety of closeness is really at the heart of that, right? Yes, it is. That's right. Okay. All right, so especially if you have grown up in a family where you've had anxious people in your family, either your parents, caregivers, siblings, in your relationships, that might manifest in the same behaviors that you may have acted towards your family members with anxiety. So if you tended to be dismissive or developed more of an avoidant attachment style because of an anxious parent, that will reflect in your relationship as well. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. and, absolutely. And the thing is, is that we do this so unconsciously. Right. We have no idea. Right? And it, it came to me after really exploring and looking at this for years. Mm -hmm. And you and I would talk about this for years, well before we ever started the absolutely. channel. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think probably on a weekly basis that yes. this would come up. Yes. And, you know, for me, it was personal because I realized, I tried to figure out why my parents didn't stay together. Mm -hmm. And now looking back as an adult, I realized my mom was anxious. My dad was avoidant. And so the the anxious avoidant trap right. caused the so breakup. Common. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So just being aware that anxiety causes us to behave in certain ways can really help change the dynamic Absolutely. right there. Right. right. That's the first step is to become aware. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you may want to help your partner so badly and you may not be aware of how your behaviors might be making their anxiety worse. Uh, so being aware can really help mitigate any damage that you're going to do and actually help support them. I find that anxious people desperately want to help their partner. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the avoidance are like, well, they're just not ready for a relationship, right? Right. Right. And you might be so mm -hmm. caught up in the mindset of trying to fix that anxiety for your partner that you might forget to just listen and be present with your partner, yep. which can do loads for your relationship as well. Listen and be present. Now, those are two wonderful things. What did you say? Listen and, and be present, Craig. Be present. Oh, sorry, yes. I drifted listen, off. Listen and be present. <laughs> right. And as a partner of somebody with anxiety, helping to ground them can be something that will really help them deal with their own anxiety. So this could be telling them a story, singing them a song, holding them if they're not sensitive to touch with their own anxiety. Uh, so this is going to take communication and the relationship to see you know, what times are you the most anxious? What are your triggers? Uh, when do you feel anxiety rise in you? So that you can communicate and prepare beforehand how to help ground them and be more mindful in that moment. That's a really good point right there, Margaret. And I'm sure you're thinking the same thing I am. At dinner time, five o'clock, your dad used to come home every day. He was Absolutely. abusive. Absolutely. Anxiety would come up, right? We've I talked hear about one this. of the most common things I've heard in all the years I have done this is that um, some people will say to me that they get anxious or depressed right around 5 o'clock in the afternoon, somewhere between 5 and 6. Mm -hmm. And what I learned over the years was that's the time when you're a kid that oftentimes dad comes home. Yeah. And people would be anxious that dad might be in a bad mood or you know might have been drinking before he gets there and all kinds of crazy stuff. Perhaps yeah. you were abused late at night. Absolutely. You have trouble sleeping. Sure. Issues like that might would set off somebody's anxiety. Anxiety stays with you. And if you grew up with it, you tend to take a little suitcase full into adulthood. Some of us are carrying large garbage bags. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. we might not even be aware of it. Right. So if you uh, badger your partner with asking them in the moment that they're anxious, what's wrong, what's happening, what's going on, this can be overwhelming even to them because they might be trying to figure out what's wrong with them themselves and so hearing this, they might feel like they're being a burden on you. Uh, so just being present with them, sitting with them, listening to what they need, trying to ground them back in reality. And when they're in a less anxious state, then being able to discuss those more difficult topics with them. Yeah, when we get in an anxious state, it really gets us just obsessed mm -hmm. with whatever that issue is that we can't let it go. Right. And that's oftentimes when it leads to a real major fight. Right. But yes, it drives people crazy. What's wrong? What's, nothing. Mm -hmm. Also, what you can do is to reassure them. And you can reassure them in multiple ways. You can reassure them that you're there for them as a partner. And do this without them having to ask you for it. Uh, so if you remind yourself throughout the relationship, you know, I know my partner's a little anxious. Maybe I can share with them, you know, how I'm feeling about them uh, in this moment to reassure them. Mm -hmm. uh, or also if it can be event specific. So if you're traveling and, and your partner's afraid of airplanes, for example, you can reassure them, we're going to be back at the airport soon. We're going to be back at the hotel soon. It's going to be okay. And the world isn't ending. Exactly.
I, I want to go into encouraging them because there is a thin line between enabling somebody into codependency with your support and also encouraging them to be independent and learning to self-sue themselves. Mm -hmm. So you don't wanna be an enabler to a partner with anxiety. And you can do this by encouraging to be independent. When they're anxious, asking them, do you have a plan for, for what you're gonna do with the problem that you're dealing with? Um, and trying to help them navigate their own issues rather than trying to be the hero and have them depend on you in an unhealthy way. Good point. Mm -hmm. Now, when you say encouragement, do you mean, you need to get with a therapist, I'm tired of you. <laughs> no. no, of course not. Of oh, okay. course not. <laughs> just making sure. <laughs> uh, I just mean to, to gently bring it up in a way, and this can be in, in small comments uh, and things like that, and also encourage them to seek out their own support system. Uh, so encourage them to speak with their family and their friends if those are the people who can help the, her, him or her get through a difficult time. Yep. Uh, because the fact is that you alone cannot absolve all of their anxiety. You can't do it. It takes a community. And this reminds me of uh, Esther Perel. Mm -hmm. She's a marriage and family therapist who's quite popular. But she has a quote saying that now we expect one partner to fulfill all our needs, all the needs that a community used to. Yeah. Right. So not one person can fulfill all those needs and you alone can't be responsible for solving your partner's anxiety. So support them to, to get in contact with their friends and family. And if you do know that person who can uh, fulfill all your needs, my number is 407. <laughs> <laughs> all right, good stuff. Right. So we burden each other with our expectations mm -hmm. sometimes. I think it becomes unreasonable. Yeah. We just assume that our partner is going to meet all of our needs. Mm -hmm. And they really can't. Okay, they can meet many of those needs, but oftentimes your partner has different needs than you do. And when you have to navigate it, it's not easy because you're thinking they should be the one to do it. You should be there for me in this time, but it's not really fair for them. Yep. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it can just get to be unfair. Right. And now I will say when a partner is in a state of anxiety, you can also be their memory tool. So what I mean by this is that when you're in a state of anxiety, you can forget even how to breathe. So being their partner, you can just slowly and gently remind them of the coping skills to manage that anxiety, whether it just be something as simple as breathing or grounding them back into the moment. So use that as being their memory tool as something to support your partner with. Yeah. Just keeping in mind that people have anxiety and sometimes it's unconscious that they're even unaware of what's going on with them. They're overwhelmed. They're not thinking clearly. They're going to say and do things they don't mean or um, they're going to lose emotional self-control and it could lead to arguments and fighting. Just being aware of that can make a big difference in a connection. Mm -hmm. And I have found over the years that just reminding somebody to breathe is very effective. <clears throat> I always forget. I've never had... <laughs> well, I've never had anybody say to me, why did you say that to me? But if you just say, take a second and take a breath. It's mm -hmm. mother, mother Nature's calm down mechanism. And most people will say, okay. Mm -hmm. okay. And if, you, if they really forget, you say, breathe with me. I'm going to breathe with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Another thing that you can remind them of is of their strengths and of their capabilities. And this is also about reminding them of the progress that they've made with dealing with their anxiety throughout your relationship. Uh, this is something that can be easily lost sight of throughout a relationship, especially when the anxiety takes the focus. Uh, so just going back to reminding, you know, you're capable of this. I've seen you do this in the past. Uh, I know that you can do this. And, and that can do a lot for yeah. your partner as well, just to support them in that way. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of times we kind of forget about any progress they've made and we just focus on, oh, here we go again. Right? Mm -hmm. Famous words, here we go again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also practice withholding your judgment. This is a big one because mm -hmm. anxiety is real to the person experiencing it. So I want you to think of a moment where you were really afraid, whether it's real or imagined, and just remember how real that felt for you. That's exactly what your partner is going through. Uh, so it, if your partner is afraid of dogs, for example, and you're out in the neighborhood, you know, taking a walk and you see a neighbor walking their chihuahua and your partner's freaking out, now's not the time to ridicule them about that because in their head, that little chihuahua is the three-headed sure. dog from Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> it's frightening. <laughs> so just validate that uh, they're, what they're experiencing is real and that it's scary for them. And that doesn't mean that you have to agree with them. You can say, okay, realistically, that's a chihuahua. It's not going to do any harm. But you can say, I recognize that this is really scary for you. So just validating that feeling for them uh, can do a lot to making them feel sane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think oftentimes uh, we are judgmental of what makes our partners upset because, oh, that doesn't bother me, it shouldn't bother them, mm -hmm. that shouldn't bother you. But then there's things that bother you that you don't think about that they don't you know, make fun of you or ridicule you for. And you hear, you hear people recalling parents and others saying to them as kids, well, I don't know why you're so upset about that. That's never been helpful. I am upset, okay? You could tell me it's crazy, but at least acknowledge that I'm upset, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, I would like to go back to mindfulness just for one more moment. So mindfulness is also something that can be practiced throughout the relationship in moments where the anxiety isn't uh, taking the forefront or taking all the attention. So this can mean in moments where things are good and things are peaceful and you're feeling connected, acknowledge the present moment even throughout the relationship. This can look like saying, I feel really connected with you right now in this moment, or I, I really like this moment with you, and just kind of getting them used to being grounded and that's going to help them when they're in the state of anxiety to practice that and get uh, back to reality. Could you give a brief um, sort of definition of mindfulness? It's a word that we hear all the time, but I'm not sure we all always know exactly what it means. So mindfulness is really about being in the present moment and also it's about a non-judgmental awareness of what's happening. This can include your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, kind of looking at it from an outsider perspective without uh, criticizing or without holding any... Uh, Just any sort of grudge. acknowledging that it's happening, but yeah. not judging it one way or the other. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Another really useful thing that you can do if you have a partner with anxiety that you will never go wrong with doing is to educate yourself. Uh, so this could be if your partner has an anxious attachment style, learning more about attachment theory. Uh, if your partner has an anxiety disorder, learning about exactly what that is, what the symptoms are, 
And that will help you to have compassion too, because then you'll realize, you'll notice the symptoms in the relationship and see, okay, they're not just acting this way just to get on my nerves. <laughs> they're acting this way out of a symptom <laughs> of a deeper issue here. Uh, so educating yourself uh, is always something that will be useful. And remember that people can have both. People can also have uh, an anxious attachment style and an anxiety disorder oh, and yes. a phobia. So yeah. these things can get really complex. So uh, the more uh, issues with anxiety that you're dealing with, the bigger the bookshelf you might need to get. <laughs> <laughs> we have hundreds of videos on yes, them already. That as, well. <laughs> that as well. Okay. Anything else you want to discuss? Yeah, lastly, I would just say working on managing your own anxiety is always going to help in the relationship too. <laughs> if you work on managing your, your own anxiety, that's going to ease the burden on the relationship as well. And you can also serve as a ro role model for your partner to say, okay, I'm dealing with this in this moment too. This is how I'm going to cope. And we can work through this together. Uh, that's so, always helpful. We can mm -hmm. work through this together. And anxiety can be catching. You know, if your partner gets really anxious, sometimes it's hard not to go along with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not easy to do. And there are going to be times where you're in an emotional state, you're frustrated, you're tired, um, you're stressed out with your own issues. And so you're not always going to be able to stick to strategies and plans. But the more you're aware of it, the more you can add skills or, you know, maybe you decrease the amount of arguments or fighting that you have mm -hmm. just by bettering your skills and learning patience and being mindful and making changes. Exactly. And you can have a successful, thriving relationship with a partner with anxiety. It's possible. And it's something that can sure. be dealt with and something that can get better. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Good stuff. Anything else? That's about it. All okay. right. All right, so hopefully this will be helpful to you in understanding your partner and you know managing a, even friends and family with anxiety gives you some skills, things to think about, and maybe you can improve even slightly in the long run. It'll pay off in all your relationships, yes. romantic or not. Good stuff. Give Coach Victoria a thumbs up for her research on this yes. one. And of course, if you want to get our help personally, you can go to my website, askcraig.net, sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do email coaching and I do Skype. Coach Margaret is available for Skype coaching. If you think I can be helpful to you, please sign up. And Coach Victoria is still training with us, but she'll be on board soon enough. I'll be here. <laughs> That's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And I'm Coach Victoria. And we will talk with you soon. To get my help personally, go to AskCraig.net and click on Schedule Coaching and choose the option that works best for you. I do email coaching or Skype. To schedule a coaching with Margaret, click on Margaret on the top of the page and order a Skype with her. For the Knowledge Creative Healing course, click on the link at the top of the page and click Get Started Now.